Well, basically what I was going to share tonight is about divine union, about us being with God, right? And, you know, the Holy Spirit, everything that was spoken, right, just now, you know, I know Callie, right? Sometimes when things aren't, you know, all planned out, she freaks out a little bit, right? Just, I'm just saying, because I know her, right? But where things begin to change, right, in our patterns, in our lives, is when you don't begin to freak out over the other thing that used to make you freak out, right? That you know that God has everything in control. And uh, even with what Brandon said, you know, there's... There's things where, where the Holy Spirit is trying to get us uncomfortable, but the uncomfortability is trying to bring us into a closer relationship with him, with the Father. You're hearing me. And even in the fact that Jesus was, you know, talking to his disciples and saying, I'm going to go away. How many know that they weren't comfortable with that? Like, imagine, you know, Christ... The one who came to save the earth is now telling you I have to go now. Humanity's gonna kill me. I'm gonna go to the cross, I'm gonna die death, but don't worry, I'll be back. And this is where God needs to bring us to a reality. And I'm just gonna talk to you a little bit about because because our our lives need to know this that He's not leaving. say, I know that. Do you? I mean, do you really know that he's not leaving? Do you know that he's going to be with you even until the end? Do you know that he, that no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in, that he's not leaving, he's not going anywhere, that he's a permanent landscape to your life if you choose so, right? And so I just want to just maybe turn to John 14 and we'll see how this all pans out. John 14, verse 19. And I just felt like the Lord was talking to me about, you know, he wants us to understand that our lives were created to be a dwelling place for him. Like he came to earth, just like Brandon just said, the garden is for you and God. That's a good word for every one of us in this room. The garden is for you and God and nothing else, no one else. When you come to worship, it's you and him. Never mind about anyone else in the room, (laughs) right? When we forget about ourselves and begin to engage with God, everything will change. But what, what, what we tend to struggle with is the fact that we are very alive. We're not dead to our feelings. We're not dead to our circumstances. We're not dead to a whole lot of things. And I just want you to look at this because John, and I, and I love John, probably because I cry a lot when I'm in the presence of God. <laughs> no, I feel like God, I feel like John's the one 
who just had this heart that was always like, if I think about the 12 disciples, I feel like John was always crying. I feel like he was always pouring out. I feel like he was always the one that wanted God right next to him all the time, right? The one who had his head on, on his breast. He, he was the one who never wanted to leave. He was there when Ma, when, with his mother when, when he was on the cross. He never left Jesus. <laughs> and that's a picture for us tonight. No, no matter what happens, no matter what situations are around us, we never leave Christ. We never leave God. We never leave Jesus. This is the most important thing. He is the most important thing. And verse 19 says this, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. And at that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me, and I in you, and he who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas said to him, not I, Judas said to him, not the Judas that portrayed him, not Iscariot, said, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And he answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he keeps my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Now, I just want to reel things in a bit. God, the Lord is looking for those who completely dive into what he says. <laughs> There's something about John and John releasing a word of truth to our life. It says, See, here's, here's some insight to, to union with Jesus and the fact that you will see him. How many see him daily? <laughs> Come on. Because you've been, you've been given the Holy Spirit so that you can see him daily. He left the earth and gave his life completely over so that you and I could see him every day. Not just sometimes, not just part-time, but every day if we engage with what he says, right? It says, when, when the world no longer sees Jesus, you will. Now, I can tell you, living in America, that most people cannot see Jesus right now. Can I probably say this, that a lot of the church can't see Jesus right now. And the Lord wants you to have a full picture of who he is. He wants you to see him for who he is. He wants you to behold him for who he is. <laughs> Listen, there's this place of abiding 
we talked, it, it, was, it was brought on, on Friday night that God is calling us to a place that we live in him, that we don't move outside of, but that we completely give ourselves to, right? Because he's alive, you are alive also. <laughs> You'll get that tomorrow. Because he's alive, you'll get that tomorrow. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because he's alive, you are very much alive. Because he's not dead. And I know the reality of the resurrection, we know it, right, in the church. We know it. We know it, but we don't live in the reality of it most of the time. Because God wants to pour out miraculous things through your life that you've yet to experience that he is now looking for the church to come in complete fellowship with him. Complete. That means lacking nothing. That means you don't miss what he says because my sheep know my voice. Right? And when we hear his word, there's something about the word of God going deep inside of us. Right? The Bible says because it said it right here. On this day, you'll know that I am in the Father and because he who has my commandments. And the Bible, you know, and, and John goes into this right in the beginning. I'll hold up. I'm, I'm slowing down. Knowing, you need to know that Jesus is in the Father and that you're in Jesus. Yeah? I feel like I have no microphone tonight. This is why I don't like this thing. Can you hear me okay? Is the fluid in your body shaking when I talk? No. Okay. No, just a little. I know it gets a little canny, but that's all right. You got to know that you are in, you have to know that you are in Christ. And the promise of God is to appear to you He's going to appear to us as we continue to wait on him, as we continue to abide in him, right? He who has, why? How's he going to manifest to us? This is what I want to talk to you about. He who has, he who apprehends, he who takes hold of, he who holds fast to, what? My word. And it's not just my word, he is the word. And this is where we get things fuzzy. Because he is, he is the word. He is the embodiment of scripture. He is the living word that, want, that God is calling us to what? Apprehend. Calling us to take hold of. Calling us to hold fast to. And he who keeps... <laughs> This is, where, this, is where, this is where it gets messed up all the time because the birds of the air come to take the word. But he who keeps. When John was in this place, right, Jesus was being taken away. He didn't want to let Jesus go. He wanted to keep the living word right by his side. No, I, won't, I don't want your mother. I want you. And this is where we need to be, church. This is where the, the body needs to be so that we can move in strength, in power, and increase in everything. 
the word alive inside of you. And he wants to bring clarity to what loving him looks like. And this is just where I get overtaken today. <laughs> because the Father is so in love with us. I mean, he, when I say this, he's in love. He's going to expand in your heart if you give yourself completely to him. He's going to increase. He's going to overtake you <laughs> if you give yourself completely to him. And the Lord, he is wanting us to see clearly that his presence is paramount. That the things that we do are not so paramount. Although he calls us to do good works. Yes? But he is paramount. His presence is paramount. I can't tell you enough tonight, and I know you know this, but the reality is that he's the one that loves us beyond what we can understand or know. And the one he loves, the Father loves. Does that even make sense? The one he loves, the Father loves. And will manifest himself. You know, he is the embodiment of the word. I said this, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. That's John 1. That's right at the beginning of, of, of the book of John. And he was in the beginning. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus has been revealed to you so that what? You can have real relationship. Right? Jesus has come to the earth so that you can have real relationship with God. That the garden never goes away. That your pleasure and love with God and the place that embodies the presence of God never goes away. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't move. It's always with you and abiding in you, right? And I like this because he, he, John always depicts, right? He depicts Jesus as light. He, depic he depicts him as life. He reveals him to us as love and he reveals him to us in divine union. Like we want, we, we are, our whole life is to be one with him. It's, a, it's not a concept, it's a reality that you've been crucified with Christ, that your life is now in him and nothing will ever change. You're brand new, right? But he's revealed in light. Why? Because light illuminates and God wants to come and illuminate things, right? We just heard testimony of God illuminating something on Brandon's life. It's just, it's really, the, it's the revelation of God when he comes to you and reveals himself in a way that you can now see things rightly, righteously, clearly, and nothing else is, is foggy anymore. How many know when you, God's trying to bring us to a city and there's a little bit of fog in the way. It's not fire, fire, oil, and glory. It's, it's real fog. Come on. Right? 
I'm telling you that God wants to clarify some things and he wants you to just completely give yourself into it and give yourself over to it. So he wants to reveal, he reveals himself as light because what? He came to be the light of men. He came to reveal himself in a way. He came to completely open things up so that you can now understand and that there's no darkness that can withstand the things that come into towards you or come into your life that he can overcome every situation, right? And so, other things about light, you know, it's brilliant, brilliant to the point where it blinds you, right? And it blinds you from what? It blinds you from, <laughs> this is good, because if the Lord can blind us with who he is, then you won't see anything else other than him. And I thought about this because he wants to reveal himself as pure light in your life so that you, when you look, when you gaze into him, when you look at him, you don't see anything else. My first encounter with Jesus was brilliant light. It was like I saw Jesus' face and blazing light and I couldn't see anything else. I could blink in my eyes thinking, and it, because it wasn't like in a vision, like I had my eyes closed, it was in like, like in a room. And come on, everything else becomes, you can't see anything else because the light is so bright that you can't see another thing. Because in him is all light. In him is all glory. And what does even glory look like? So you won't look at anything else because of his complete radiance over your life because it, it radiates to black, right? Sometimes, right, if the light's outside on a clear summer day and, I, and we're in here and it's still light out, I can't see almost anyone in here. It's the weirdest thing because of the light that's coming in from behind you. I can't see you. And so God wants us to be like this. Want blinders? Get in the light. You know, we talk about the horse with the blinders. It's not about having tunnel vision. It's about having glory and presence. And it's about seeing the light of God on you or all around you. And how many see light instead of darkness? Because I'm telling you right now, people are prophesying about the darkness and not the light. And this is where I'm going with this. Because the word of God, the words that we speak, right? We talked about the wind of God and the presence of God and, and how God flows. But his word is coming through you and you want it to declare light. And life. And love. Three L's and a U. Light, life, love, and union. Jesus reveals, right? The person of Jesus. The word of God. Because it says, the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God and was in the beginning God. And all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. In him was the light, the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and could not comprehend it. In him was life. What is life? Life is what? That which animates everything on the earth. I loved what Dino said on Friday night. He talked about the cells multiplying. Right? There's something to that, right? 
when we have life, souls multiply. When there's no life, souls what? Shrivel up and die. So we need the life of God more than anything. We need God's life and we need the light that radiates, but we need his life. We need the things that animate the things that when you speak, it begins to bring life to dead situations. The things that all of a sudden you, you thought were dead, no. Remember Ezekiel, he just began to speak and the bones came to life. They began to rattle and shake and shamble, right? It began to, a whole lot of shaking going on because what? He began to prophesy life and then sinew and then they became a great army because it was progressive because he said, prophesy, son of man, prophesy to the winds, prophesy to the things that are dead, that the things that be not, right? As though they were. And so the word of what? Faith that we speak brings life. And it should bring life. And so when you prophesy over someone, prophesy life to them. When you begin to speak to people, you don't even need to be prophesying because sometimes just our words are prophecy. The words that you speak to your, to your wife, your children, your friends, your enemies. Come on, I don't care if they're your enemies. We're supposed to bless and not curse. Can't worry about what everyone else is doing. I just got to do what God told me to do, and I just got to speak life over the situation and not death. Right? And so here's the biggie. He revealed love. And love is what? That he laid down his life for someone else. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. He laid down his life, or you lay down your life for someone else, for a friend, for someone else. What does love look like? Love looks like you laying down your life. <laughs> God's trying to build covenant in a, in a crazy way. Right? He's trying to make us understand and know and have a reality and a revelation of covenant, covenantal love. <laughs> Listen, there's something about us laying our lives down for what we want, right? Because we can talk ourselves into things. We can justify certain things, but the Lord says, no, lay it down so that I can bring, what happens when I lay it down, all of a sudden life and light comes. Life and light. Laying down our lives. And just, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, I wrote these couple things down because I was thinking, are we teaching on the fact that you can have a complete relationship, like a real, tangible relationship with God daily? Is that what the church is teaching now? Is that what the body's being baptized with, that we have a real, live God, that we're giving our lives to this, and that you can have a real-life relationship because we're so good at religion and God's trying to form a crazy love relationship with us. 
but we're resistant into doing stuff to get God's attention. You hear me? So we want, that, we want the revelation of, of union, right? Mystical union and divine exchange. What does that even look like for your life? I'm putting it out there because I want you to meditate on it. You'll figure it out tomorrow or maybe tonight when you get home. But the reality is God wants you to have an incredible, intimate relationship with him. And following Jesus means direct contact with the person of God. Direct contact. Hello. <laughs> direct contact. Like you don't, it's not like, you know, you might have contact with God. It's like the real deal, right? And so it should be common. Understanding that every believer should be illuminated and animated by the presence of God. That means you're not dead. You're very much alive. You're not sitting somewhere and you're dead. You're alive. You're alive in Christ and alive in him. And all that should be pouring out of your life is light and life, right? And the glory of the Lord in Jesus Christ has stepped out of heaven, onto the earth, so that we can what? Live out of the cloud. Live out of the presence. And what did the cloud represent in Scripture? It represented the manifest presence of God. It re represented the person of God. And if it wasn't a cloud, it was fire by night. And so he's looking for us to go into the pillar. The pillar is Eden. <laughs> the glory of God is the place where we want to live out of, right? And these things, it says in John 12, 41, it says this. It says that Isaiah said these things, what? He prophesied and he spoke the word of God and Jesus referred to Isaiah, why? Because he saw his glory and he spoke of it. So we look at all the prophets and all the prophets to be, and a prophetic generation that's supposed to live out of the cloud. They're supposed to live out of the presence, out of the person, out of the life of Jesus, out of him, right? Remember this, because remember, I'm gonna talk in Second Peter right now, chapter one, and there's, there's just something, and I'll end with this. The Holy Spirit wants us to get an, an understanding because they saw Jesus, the person, and a cloud came, right? Second Peter 1 and verse 16, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. We were not retelling some masterfully crafted legend when we informed you of the power and the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love this because you get a read. You get Peter's version of what really happens, right? That they were there in the radiant glory of, of God, right? For we saw his magnificence and splendor unveiled before our very eyes. Guys, you gotta see, for me, I wanna eat this. <laughs> I wanna devour this and I want it to live inside of me so that when I speak 
that there's life that flows through me that no man can come up with, that only God can come up with, that you've been in such the presence of God that when you declare things, all of a sudden life comes to people. They don't even know. You don't even have to quote a Bible verse. Are you, are you hearing me? You don't have to quote the word. You have to have him living and flowing inside of you. And the magnificence of his glory, and when you spend time in his presence and glory, then all of a sudden you are, you are declaring the things that bring life to the earth. I'm not saying that you are God, but you are a son and a daughter that gets covered with the substance of heaven and reveals it to the, to the people around you. Whether it's a believer or a non-believer, they need the power of Christ. Churched or unchurched. I know, I didn't get through the verse. For we saw his magnificent, magnificence and splendor unveiled before our eyes. And that's what we have to ask the Lord for, is an unveiling. Lord, will you unveil all of who you are? And will I put aside all the things? It's, it's like Brandon, Brandon's, the thing that he brought was so good because the, the thing is we gotta put aside what we think. And we get stuck on what we think and not who God really is. And I'm quoting things and I'm saying verses to you and I see it bouncing off people's heads like it's, yeah, I've heard it before. I can see it while I'm sitting, standing here. It's a distraction, really. But it's reality. It's reality and we have to deal with it, right? Because we just pray more. God, open revelation. God, open us up. Open us to hear. Open us to, for the realities to, to come into our spirits that we can contain and obtain the promises, right? And so it, he goes on to say, yes, Father God lavished upon him radiant glory and honor when his distinct voice spoke out of the realm of majestic glory, endorsing him with these words. I love that. Because God endorses every one of you. I know we're talking about Jesus and I know we're talking about the Mount of Transfiguration, but God endorses you. And you don't know it. You're gonna know it. You're going to receive it. You are. You're going to get it. It's not going to be because of the tone of my voice. It's going to be you're going to get it. I promise, right, that he lavished upon him the radiant glory and the honor when his distinct voice spoke out of the realm of majestic glory, endorsing him with these words, this is my cherished son, marked by what? My love. And you are marked by the love of God. You are marked by the light of God. You are marked by the presence of God, by the divine union that you are going to begin to cultivate. And if it's not happening now, it will happen tomorrow. And if it's not happening tomorrow, it'll happen the next day because I'm prophesying over you that you will walk into the cloud and be with Jesus and see him transfigured and you will be transfigured yourself. And he ends with this, all my delight is found in him. What in the world? Like all my delight is found in him. And you have to know that. This is where we, right? You gotta know it. All his delight's in you. All his delight is in, just over you and lavished over you. It's, he delights in you. And the more you're with him, it doesn't change. <laughs> Like, if, 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 if you weren't with him yesterday, it doesn't matter. He lavishes over you anyway. He, 
He, he pours out over you anyway. But does he want, listen, to, is he looking for, because I'm going to go back to John at the end, is he looking for those? He's looking for those who are embodying the word. When God comes and speaks to you and you're able to be an obedient servant to release what he's spoken to you, to pray, for, do whatever you're supposed to do. It's just about obedience. It doesn't matter what thing it is because it's more about your obedience than even the miracle. Is that, that's messed up? It shouldn't be. It's like more about your obedience. It's more about how you follow what he says and, and walk with him and you want to just do what pleases him. Right? It's more about that than the results. It's weird. That's kingdom. The results happen. It's, you know, don't get me wrong. But, but it's, about, it's about doing the right thing. When he says go, you go. When he says stop, you stop. When he says just lay down, you lay down. It's, so, it's really simple. But where, but where we struggle, right? Where we struggle, that's what's going on sagging. That's it. I'm better now. I'm not going to take it at the end. Right? And here we go. Ready? I'll keep going. I can't get through this last piece. I said I was going to read one section of scripture and be done. Good luck. Right? And we ourselves heard that voice resound from the heavens while we were with him on the holy mountain. Right? They were there. They witnessed it. And so we, we haven't been given a prophetic word the written messages of the prophets made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount Transfiguration. So what was it? They, they had an encounter with Christ. That's the prophetic word. <laughs> they met with Jesus. That's the prophetic word. So we're looking for words. Listen, the best word you can get is him. You know, I forget, I think it was Sean Bowles who said, I had this weird, like, they were doing some prophetic exercises, and he said, I don't know, I just had this one word, God loves you. I didn't think it was going to do anything. And it made the lady a mess, right? God loves you. And that's the truth. But it's more about the person of Jesus touching you than the word. Oh, right? And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. For the prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place until the dawning of a new day and the morning star arises in your hearts. You must understand that at the outset, ready, interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on. The Holy Ghost. For it does not originate from someone's own imagination no, true prophecy comes from human, no true prophecy, no true prophecy comes from human initiative, but it's inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came from God. Listen, that is done. The Spirit of God is really wanting us to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. Listen, I love the gifts. I love them. I want to see more miracles. I want to see the dead raised, the blind see, the deaf hear, wheelchairs thrown out the door. I want to see it all. 
And God's looking for a people who are just given to this. Because when we're given to just this, to the Father, then the rest is just going to flow. Right? You have to be totally given over to it. Like, just give yourself to it. Help me. If you just give yourself to it, it's just going to come. So be encouraged. I'm, I'm so encouraged. Like, this weekend, like, I feel like I don't do a whole lot of pastoral, like, counseling stuff, but I felt like, I feel like God's just, He loves everyone. And He's just looking for one thing. Just follow me. Follow the Lamb. Jesus for a minute before we close out. God, I thank you. Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. So Lord, we, we worship you in spirit and in truth tonight. thank you tonight that nothing separates us from the love of God. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing in every person in this room. So Lord, I'm praying tonight that we just would continue to come into this place of abiding. I thank you that union with you is our portion. It's been given to us from the beginning. And so I just speak and declare and prophesy that over every person in this place that we walk and we live in this place of divine union, that we live and have our being inside of you, that we're enveloped, we're, we're covered by you, we're filled by who you are. There's nothing that keeps us outside of that. So, Lord, let the words of, of what you speak to us go deep, and then we just give ourselves over to it. Spirit of God, we thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you're king. You're king of every part of our hearts. We thank you for the realm of the kingdom in this room right now. We thank you for the realm of the kingdom in our, in our homes. We thank you, God, that you're moving us into a place of, of complete life and light and love. And we give ourselves wholly to pursuing divine union with you, to living out this place of abiding. 
Put your hand over your heart right now. So Jesus, I just ask that, Lord, you open the eyes of every one of our hearts. That we'd see you. I thank you. Lord, though the world can't see, we can see. Though those around us sometimes can't see, Lord, we can see. And I, I'm just declaring that we be, we're filled with the overflowing that even a thank you can release the anointing in a building. That even just an I love you, I want to pray for you, can release the kingdom over people more than we would understand and know. So we thank you for that, God. And we bless you.